0: You're listening to the Insert SEO Podcast by Rank Ranger. That's right. You are listening to the Insert SEO Podcast, the podcast that paints the town red with Succulent Search Marketing Insights. We are banging out the beats this week with SEO's own DJ, Lily Ray, is here and she's spitting out depth into Google's core updates. That was corny. Okay, we're hitting on the relationship between the core updates and EAT because there is one. Uh, Also, are the core updates actually effective and how should you approach Google's massive updates? But first... We're going to get real with what it means to write authoritative content, which kind of makes sense because that's what we're going to be talking about with Lily Ray in terms of the updates, but we're going to get into what that actually looks like when you're writing that content. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by Sapir Carabello.
1: Hello.
0: Hello. How no, are you, Morty? I'm good. How are you? <laughs>
1: I'm good. I'm good.
0: Yeah. Did you notice I left like, you know, I am joined by the dazzling, the magnificent, the whatever. I just called you so
1: weird. To be honest, I I, I don't listen to you anymore, so I kind of don't pay attention to what you say. No, that's such
0: nonsense. Of course you pay attention to me. It's so silly. (laughs) And I I was about to apologize. So, you know what? Yeah, I was going to say I apologize for calling you an over-microwave baked potato.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) That was too harsh, I think.
0: What? I think that was too harsh. (laughs) <laughs> I think you're just accept, a microwave potato, not an over microwave. Accept your apology. Oh, okay. I
2: accept your apology. Thank uh, you. We do yeah, appreciate you. Welcome. You
0: and your
1: what?
0: We do, I do appreciate you and your dry sense of humor.
1: <laughs> My sense your of humor is not dry. hmm
0: It's
1: just um sophisticated. It's just non-existent. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Awesome. So, yeah. That's great. Life is good?
1: Life's okay. All right.
0: That's good. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. again, nothing dry there. Anyway, <laughs> do not forget, we put out a new episode of the Insert SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on wherever great podcasts are found. Of course, you may and should subscribe on iTunes. And, of course, you can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. Also, plugging again, plugging away at Rank Ranger's Advanced Rank tracking options see how visible your results really are which surf features are giving you a hard time which perhaps taking away your visibility with our absolute visibility metric it's rain tracking by pixel without all of the problems of rain tracking by pixel which means which means you get to understand how the surf features that appear below your url are interfering with your visibility how the surf features to the right of the organic results are interfering with your visibility and how your appearance above or below the fold may or may not be helping you with your visibility. It's a true visibility score. Check it out at rankranger.com. Sign up for a 14-day free trial and check it out yourself. Okay, so great show for you again today. Lily Ray is here, going to talk about algorithm chasing and all of the great things that are part of the core updates or maybe some of the not so great things that are part of the core updates. But before that, and since we're going to be talking about creating authoritative content in terms of the algorithm, I want to talk to you about, because I've been talking a lot about content. I'm on a content kick lately. Okay. Yeah, I'm very much on a content kick lately. Not,
1: right. No, lately. I. You know.
0: You know what it is. I kind of realized, like, hey, you know, I I write a lot of content. I should probably talk about content a lot because I think I know more than I than I give myself credit for. Okay. That you know, give, take that or you leave definitely that.
1: Give yourself credit, though. I do so.
0: not give myself enough credit. <laughs> that is actually not true. I'm a masochistic personality, and I put myself down all the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so before
1: we Master get to Li- girl, <sighs> what what, 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 what Bef- did we call you like last podcast? Something guru?
0: I don't know, but hey, I'll take it.
2: Okay.
0: So before we get to Lily Ray, I want to go into creating authoritative content. What that actually means in terms of writing it, because this is where SEO gets real. Verifying. So I've talked about the authoritative content profile. A lot on various podcasts, including this one, Um, conferences and on webinars and many blog posts. I've talked a lot about the content profile. Okay,
1: wait, wait, rewind content profile.
0: That's fancy talk for saying uh, making your site overall, their content overall have an identity because identity breathes authority. And we could go down that whole wormhole. But I'm going to do uh, something today that I hate doing.
1: Let me guess. Being positive for a change? No.
0: I will not be no? positive today. That is not gonna happen. Uh, that's like okay. that's, <laughs> you will never get me to have a positive outlook on anything.
1: <laughs> okay, noted.
0: It does not it's you know, it's like that's like trying to move the sun. It's just,
1: right. Okay.
0: You'll burn up trying to do it. No, I'm going <laughs> to try to be more practical. Um, because oh. yeah, I want because I know I re, I want to go through how you can think of creating a specific piece of content like a, not your overall um content strategy which I've talked about before as I mentioned but a, a very specific piece of content how to make that be authoritative because it's funny okay it's like when we talk about EAT and creating authoritative content as SEOs which we'll get into with Lily Ray in a few moments about in terms of the algorithm itself. We view it as like a very novel thing, like, whoa, EAT, Google, incredibly novel. Okay, but any idiot doing their graduate work or any serious undergrad, not the people going to Indiana State University, which is a party (laughs) school. Okay, so you guys are just doing body shots all day long. You don't know what it means to create authoritative content. But most people doing their collegiate career understand what it means to create something authoritative. It's not rocket science, Mm -hmm. folks. But for SEOs, it's very hard for us. Very hard for us.
1: What are you talking about? Like, please tell us why it's so hard for us.
0: I will tell you why it's so hard for us. Yes, good.
1: Please. Very
0: good. That I will, because I wasn't gonna do that if you didn't ask me to. Thank you very much for that.
1: <laughs> okay, more. It's
0: hard for us um, because, well, it's it's for a few reasons. One is it's a mindset. It's an authority mindset, and adjusting to that mindset is going to be hard because adjusting to any mindset is going to be hard. But particularly, it's hard for SEOs, I think, personally speaking, because one, you still have to think of Google as a simple machine to a certain extent, right? Google, as much as we want to give it credit for being very, very, very complex— sometimes, at some points, you're going to have to treat it very simply, right? You're going to have to have, you know, your H2 structured well, and you're probably going to want to use, you know, a, a keyword or a related keyword in your title. Like, you, you are going to have to treat Google very simply because those things do work, and those things are still important. So, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to create that authority mindset and have as being so important while you're still, like, treating Google as a very basic thing, which is justifiable in you know, in, in a good amount of cases. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're like looking at me like I'm some sort of cult leader. Do you want some Kool-Aid? <laughs>
1: yeah, you speak like some cult leader. I so. do.
0: I do. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. The comet is coming. Let's go drink some Kool-Aid. You don't understand what I'm talking about, Sapir, but you should Google that. <laughs> <No> okay <idea. laughs> But again, Morty, again, Morty, what the F are you talking about? Beam back down to earth, and let's get it practical because I promise I would do that. Um,
1: Oh, okay. Right. I forgot. Right. That's forgot.
0: Very hard for me. (laughs) It is. Mm -hmm. You you have to... Novel, novel concept. You ready for it? You have to write for the user. It all starts with writing for the user. That's where it starts. Yep.
1: No way. Are you serious?
0: Yes. Wow. You're Mm -hmm. not
1: stating the obvious at all with this one, huh?
0: Yep. That's right. I know it sounds simple. I know it sounds simple. Revolutionary. No, okay, okay. But I... I, I mean it, and I don't think people okay. appreciate this. I don't think – you're right. There's nothing I'm saying that's novel in the content per se, but the appreciation okay. of it is what I'm trying to get across. If you don't write for the user, your content will end up looking and sounding different. Okay, so whatever metric you're trying to chase, you need to throw all of them out of the freaking window – do not think about metrics. You need to think about one thing, and that's helping the user. And by the way, you can approach it in two different ways, and this is what we're going to get into. You could write something, one, because you want to help people out, or two, you could write something because you love that topic. You would really want, it's a natural human urge to share something that you find interesting and novel and whatever it is. So if you have an interesting or a novel take on something and want to share that, that's another way you can write for the user and i know one is more direct in terms of the user and one's more just like a love affair with knowledge but both produce deep and helpful content that's aimed at help ultimately one's direct one's indirect but helping users teaching people something and in both cases your drive to explore or to share or to help is the prime mover and not some metric like traffic or clicks or whatever it is
1: but but wait a minute like i'm waiting <laughs> But don't you think we still need to take into consideration traffic and clicks? I I just don't understand why you're not recommending writing the content with that in mind, because that's the end goal eventually. Like, Um, I know that you you don't think it's the end goal, but let's be real. It is the end goal and writing what you love or because you want to help people sounds very nice and all, but is it enough?
0: Ooh, um, my hot take? Yes. Like I Really? Yeah. I know I know people are gonna disagree with me about this. I think they're gonna get very upset what I'm saying. Uh Okay, because because my and the overall point is because if you really want to write for the user, you can't fake it. Like I will say this, okay? One hundred, one hundred percent of all of the you know, content you read that's a little bit too thin, a little bit too fluffy, a little bit too whatever is because you're not thinking about the user. One hundred percent of it. Because or you just suck as a writer. But let's leave it out for let's assume you know how to write decently. All things being equal, it's 100 percent of the time the reason why that content is not good because you're not thinking about the user. And I will say this, like do not, I, I personally think you should not think about that kind of stuff. Right? If you're if you're in a certain niche or a certain industry and you have a novel take on something, that's reason enough to write it. Right, okay. Obviously, okay. I obviously, yes. Okay. Secondarily, you do want to think like is this something people are actually interested in. Is, does anybody really want? Does anyone really want to hear me talk about this? So yeah, okay. But that's that's not thinking about traffic or clicks. I think like like why waste my time writing about something I find interesting that no one else will. That's mm-hmm. Okay, that's like you, you wouldn't talk about something to to your friend if you found it interesting I and mean, they didn't. So yeah, you want to make sure that's something people are interested in, in general. Right, but, but the main, like, beside you, know, forget the metrics. If you have a novel take on something or you think something is really helpful, let's say you, something, you think something is really helpful to people. And let's assume that you're on target for the moment. So people will search for that. People will be interested in that. People will share that. People will, will click on that. People will, will share that with other people. Right. So you right. want to you want to use my
1: question is, should you put it as the main?
0: No, like definitely not. No, absolutely not. A hundred percent not. OK, it should be. This is helpful to the this is this is I think this is something that's helpful to people and I want to share it. Now, you might want to use keyword okay. research to qualify that. Right. Um. You know, OK, what what how do I really get in? What are what are some of the subtopics that I should probably get into that might help people if I'm going to talk about this topic? Right, you know, if you're doing, like, I have a topic I want to talk about. It's going to be helpful. Okay, so what are some subtopics? or so what are some questions people have that they want to have answered? Or how popular is this topic really? It's like it's just just wasting my time here. But that's just qualifying your your initial idea to help people or write about something that you find interesting. Right, you're just right. qualifying at that point. That's not why you're writing. You want to use metrics to qualify. You don't want to use metrics to decide to write or not to write. That's and I know people will disagree with me on that. Right. You know, you need to write contests or your, if you write about things that are interesting to you in your, for your industry or that you think will be helpful to people in your industry and you're not living on Mars. Like you have a good sense of things and you do this for two years, three years. Like you really to play the long game with this. You will increase your traffic. You will increase your clicks. And even if you did no keyword research or anything around this, that will happen. All things being equal. Like unless you're just like totally disconnected from reality, that will happen. <laughs> right. and, and and the the reason why I'm saying it is like it's it, again it's a mindset. And I, I and again if you fake this, people will read. You know this. You read a piece of content. And you're like, all right, this is like they don't really care about what they're writing about. It's so easy to see. You cannot fake this.
1: But you know, I'm not sure about this because then you're implying that all the top ranking pages are genuine like have have content that comes from a genuine place yeah and i don't think that's the case
0: that's a good question that's a good point no i'm not saying i'm not talking about ranking yes okay there might be pages that rank well that someone wrote because hey they're like you know i'm just gonna get traffic i'm talking about creating authoritative content that will ultimately rank well overall long term not just one this piece but in general the content that you produce and how you could be authoritative. And that's not just about ranking, by the way. That's about how people associate to your brand, right? I know I'm not going to p- name this person. They rank very well for a lot of queries, and they are total spammers within the uh-huh. SEO industry. Total spammer. Uh-huh. Right. I don't trust their content. I, in fact, ignore <laughs> it every time I see it, even though it ranks well.
1: <laughs> right, right. I'm
0: talking about the long game here. If you want to talk about you know, ranking for this particular query and getting that traffic okay, yeah, you could write whatever you want to write and you'll probably rank for it. Right,
1: right. Okay,
0: but first off, ranking doesn't lead to conversions. Like, You write a piece of garbage and people see right through it. So you rank well, they click, but do you convert?
1: Mm-hmm. It's not about ranking.
0: It's about converting. Gotcha. But, right? So the problem is that it's a mindset. And this mindset of creating hyper-authoritative content, which comes from why you're writing it your whole purpose, it it it's the single most important thing you can do at the practical level, because it allows you to problem solve. Right. It allows you to produce content that that is based on problem solving. Does that is that do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I'm probably not being clear.
1: Yeah, you mean basically like detecting a need and then offering a solution to it.
0: Yeah, in or general. Yeah, in terms of why you're writing this topic, but what I mean by, by right. what I mean by having a mindset, an authoritative-based mindset that leads to problem solving, I mean that that leads to problem solving in in the writing itself. Okay, let me let me, let me just run this through better because then I, like, I don't okay. think I'm making sense. I'm being too abstract, which is my problem. Okay, so let's say you're creating content because you love talking about this topic, or you have something you know really interesting to say about it. So, what will you naturally do? You will explore all the nooks, all the crannies of that topic. You'll make sure you don't say something that can be taken the wrong way. You'll explain how um, something that might be taken the wrong way should not be. You'll create nuanced content. Nuanced content is authoritative, and why will that happen here? Because you're worried t- about being clear, and that anxiety when you're writing—that's a good thing. I have it all the time. Like, okay, am I being clear here? Like, I have it right now. So I, I re, I stopped, I refreshed, and I walked it through for you. Right. And that's based on my I, – I have an interesting outlook. I think it's an interesting outlook. And I have an anxiety of like making sure I'm getting it across clearly. So now right, I gave right. you an example, right? I walked it through. Mm-hmm. Having that mindset of trying to help people or to share something, that, that authoritative mindset naturally leads you to create nuanced content, which is therefore authoritative. Okay, well, let's run it through the second way. You legit want to help people. You'll do the same thing, right? You're going to worry, is what I'm saying um, going to be possibly misconstrued? Or if I'm advising the reader to do X, what problems will the reader face if they actually follow my advice? How can they deal with those problems? How can they avoid those problems? What might be hard about following the advice or the idea that I'm offering, right? How can the readers avoid that or deal with that? Again, you're going to create very nuanced, deep content. That's very, very authoritative. Sure. Why? Because you're concerned about the user. That empathetic, um, mindset when you create content is what allows you to be authoritative. Cause it naturally produces problem solving, meaning you're predicting the problem the user's going to face when they're reading your content and adjusting that content accordingly. Does that make right. more sense?
1: I, I agree with you. But your second point still sounds like a Disney moral of the story type of thing.
0: I have never yeah. been compared Excuse. to Disney ever before. <laughs> and I will make sure <laughs> that that never happens first. again. Okay, so Because I'm going to boil it down to how can you create authoritative content? It's a matter of mindset and only that mindset. And here's the kicker right in the nuts. There's for your Disney comparison. You have to have pride <laughs> and passion about what you're writing about. Otherwise, you won't produce that authoritative content. That mindset of creating content for the user comes from having pride and passion in your work. And everyone listening who loves throwing out tons of content to get rankings and traffic just let out a collective, oh, shit.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> you just had to ruin it, right? It was, like, so beautiful and touching. And then
0: that's it. W- great. By
1: the way. Great job, Marty.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Best advice, by the way. Right, And you yeah. can you can forget validating your content by having a doctor review it. I mean, you should do that. If you do medical content, you should definitely do that. I'm not saying don't. But what you should really be doing <laughs> is you should be passionate about the yeah. topic that your site deals with and write accordingly. And that will naturally that, – that having that passion, having that mindset of trying to help people or to be passionate about that topic will naturally produce nuanced content. Nuanced content is authoritative content and if you don't have that then get someone else to write it like this idea <laughs> that anyone can write anything cuz they're a good writer that needs to die a horrible horrible death like decapitation your content <laughs> needs to be written by someone who is passionate about the topics that your site deals with and yeah. if you and if and if you hire one of these content producing machines i would make sure that they have people who specialize in your topic or you will end up getting some piece of nothing that that's been done a hundred times before that has no voice of its own. So that's yeah. a hot take right there. And that's gonna tick a lot of people off. And I just said it. And now oh, wow. and now we're ready to get into EAT and the algo and the core updates, because now you know what it means to actually write authoritative content. So here's the beat bopping, tune-turning SEO megastar, Lily Ray here comes another search marketing expert it's time for an in-search interview we are listening to another InSearch SEO podcast interview. So, unless you're new to SEO or you've been living in a cave in Afghanistan, you've seen her here, you've seen her there, you've seen her everywhere. Now she's actually here. She's an author, speaker, and a record spinner. Whether she's kicking out some SEO insights or some funky beats, she's the SEO director of Path Interactive. She's the one, and the only, Lily Ray. Welcome.
2: Thanks for having me. That was a great intro. It's
0: all my guests say that, I, and I tell them the same thing. Like this is the this is the pinnacle of the interview. That's the best part. This is the best part, right? It's all downhill from there. It's just literally all downhill. That's my, it's all downhill from here. Yeah. So we actually have a lot in common. We talk about a lot of the same SEO stuff. I'm, you're from New York. I'm from New York. You're Jewish. I'm Jewish. You have a six pack. And underneath a heavy layer of fat, <laughs> so do I. Totally.
2: We all do. Somewhere in there. Right.
0: right. Somewhere in there. I also have a six pack in the fridge. So I have two yeah. six packs. <laughs> Wait, so That's I got to awesome. ask you, like, how do you how do you have like a mental and physical energy to do SEO all day long and then like do a DJ session to like three o'clock in the morning?
2: <laughs> um, I mean, I think it kind of just like stems from the love of what you do, you know. Like, I it doesn't SEO doesn't feel like work to me; it feels like fun, right? And then DJing, especially here from home, it's just fun. Like, so, it's totally stress free to play from home, so it's just it's just having fun, you know.
0: So wh- where does a cocaine fit into that? <laughs>
2: I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) Okay. No. No. I I mean, no, I think also, like, staying healthy is really, really helpful. So, like, when I was a kid, I used to get sick a lot, like, everybody, but, like, I learned at some point when I was, like, 16 or 17, like, I learned... How to just like love vegetables and healthy eating and going to the gym and like eating really physical, and I've, I've been in love with it ever since. And that's great. That's I don't get sick anymore. I haven't been sick in years.
0: Really, it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I get strep every year.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I used that's to it as a kid, and then like I cut out dairy. Like,
0: really? So it, you're like yeah. super healthy. Do you eat meat?
2: I do eat meat, okay. yeah, but I try I try to keep it like reasonable. Yeah,
0: right. It's like five or six hamburgers. I get it.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally reasonable. <laughs> <That's laughs> <the sixth laughs> Supersize me. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> That's reasonable by American standards. Okay. So we're gonna talk about core updates. I love talking about core updates. It's actually, believe it or not, this is the first interview we've done where we talk just about core updates basically. That's awesome. Which is bizarre because like I love talking about core updates. So just to sort of maybe catch everybody up, what's a core update?
2: So a core update is like when Google unveils a new set of algorithms, I guess, um that they've been working on over the past few months and and, you know, collecting data from the experiments that they do with first quality raters and refining things and and then they roll these out several times a year, I guess maybe four or five times a year. Um and as of the last few years they've been like pretty mysterious <laughs> compared to prior years. Um I think like, you know, in the past it used to be things like, hey, we rolled out a core update and these are like the things that we looked at. Like with Panda, we looked at these kind of like 25 questions you can ask about the quality of your content. Or with Penguin, look at the quality of your links or if you've been violating our link guidelines. But with the past few years, um, you know, like you and I talk about, it seems like the biggest emphasis that google will send. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting. The core updates, it's like EAT and content quality. Say,
0: so, yeah, I want to jump so, into that. But, but, but for a second, I think people forget, you're right. Like core updates are not a new thing. They've been going on for forever, but ever since the medic update in August, 2018, so bad with dates. It's almost been like a different set of core updates.
2: Yeah, I agree. And like, they have this one document, Google has a one document. They always link to every time. Um, Right. At least since last year, where it's like, just keep reading this article over and over to see what's (laughs) going on.
0: Do you, okay. What do you think of that article?
2: I think it's great. It's like, links to my, you know, my company. Oh, that's right. That's, I think it's great. <laughs> I cannot complain about that article at all.
0: That's, love it. Best article ever. Uh, exactly. Keep okay. sharing it, Google. Let's pretend you were not linked in there for just a second. Okay. okay what fine. would you think of that? And hypothetically speaking, of that document.
2: Uh, no, I think it's a helpful document for sure. I mean, the, the part before it links to SEOs, which is like the biggest controversy ever. Yeah, that was so weird. Um, <laughs> there's... A lot of different things to consider in there, so it's very similar to the article that I was referencing before, which was Amit Singhal's like twenty-two or twenty-one questions to ask yourself if you've been hit by the, the Panda update. Um, it's actually really similar, <laughs> so it's like it's not like Google's necessarily um, recommending new things or asking users to like or webmasters to consider that new of concepts, but um, it does make you like kind of have to think from an objective perspective about your content, whether it's actually valuable. So it's worth reading that
0: article. For sure. Yeah, I mean, just definitely read it. But at the same time, okay, I understand like you should write good content. Are you relevant? And by the way, that is true. I know like people get upset about this. Like there are certain moments where intent shifts and you're just not relevant anymore. That's just reality. Right. Is it just about writing good content, assuming that you're still relevant?
2: No. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean,
0: softball question. <laughs> that's
2: well. The other portion of the article gets into EAP, which is my like dog and pony show that I've been talking about for two years now at nauseum. Right. <laughs> so, it but I get think old, it's really though. important.
0: Yeah, it is. No, it's
2: really important, and it's also like you know, like a lot of the SEO industry doesn't even necessarily believe it's like a thing that you should focus on.
0: So that's a funny thing about this. Like, I still get into arguments, sort of, kind of. I try not to argue on Twitter. It's a right. stupid thing to do.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, okay. But I still can think, well, EA, it's not, Gary said that EAT is just links.
2: Did he actually say that?
0: I think he actually did say something like that. I know Wonder. I see, I always wonder with Gary, if he said something like that, just to, like, screw with us.
2: Right. Because right. you have Danny we, like, Sullivan overanalyze saying, it. Yeah. Right, of
0: course. And he knows yeah. Like Gary's a master manipulator.
2: Yeah. No, I, I know. I, like We take like one sentence that one of them says, and then we all cite it a million times, and we like, you know, read too much into
0: it. Right. That's why I call I like John Mueller the Jesus true. of SEO.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's true. For what it's worth, I spent like three hours with John Mueller when I was in uh, England last year speaking at Brighton SEO. And we talked about EAP pretty much for those three hours. <laughs> he can't say that much about it, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. Um, there's like a certain question that I asked him and he's just like, I don't know. Can't really talk about that.
1: Why is but that?
2: I have a lot of uh, theories about that. That's actually what my talk of, um, from the summit yesterday was about. A lot of my speculation about why this whole thing is such a mystery. Um, but, I, you know, I I don't think it's all linked. I don't think it's at all. It's no. definitely on-page Look, components. And I think, like, the algorithm updates are the, are the result of them not fully understanding how to factor in on-page elements into mm-hmm. the algorithm from the AD.
0: That's an interesting point. That is a very good... You do have Danny Sullivan saying the total opposite of what Gary said, right? He said something like, a bunch of times he said this, um, they, you know, we try to simulate what a person would consider expertise, authoritative, or trustworthy content through various signals together, which is the total opposite of saying it's just links.
2: Exactly.
0: Right. Or There was another That's- one where like John Mueller said, yeah, we take a look at a vertical of content, let's say health content, and we see like what's really super authoritative, what's really great content, and compare other content
2: to it. So there's a lot there. So it's a really complex task. Like, if if what they're saying about EAP is true and what they say in the social quality guidelines is true, like, hey, we know that this is evidence-based, or we know that this doesn't contradict, you know, scientific and medical consensus about this topic, to try to emulate that with algorithms is, like, insane. That's so difficult to do. And Mm -hmm. that's why I think that we keep seeing these algorithm updates that are so, like, volatile, because... They're not getting it right every time.
0: So you think they're trying? You think because that's part of the whole debate, right? Is Google doing what it's saying? It's asking for in the Waiter guidelines algorithmically.
2: I think it's trying to. Yeah,
0: that's the whole point. That that would be the whole point, right? Like, that, why wouldn't you try to do that?
2: <laughs> that's exactly how they say they use it. Like, right. okay, we're taking this data and we're going to try to mimic what you know users and humans are telling us about our results in the algorithm. Well, it's just and I links, think though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's like a daunting task, and I think that there's some interesting cases where, like, especially with this last May court update, I'm like, mm, "If you got it wrong again, sorry. yeah, they got
0: a lot of flack. <laughs> they should have. They it's should a bad have. update. I'm what, sorry. What have you seen? Because like, it's an interesting update. Like, I thought originally I was hearing from a bunch of people like, "Yeah, this is great. This has like really helped us out." At the same time, like it, it's one of those. It was a little bit weird because usually an update. I know they say it takes a week to roll out, but in this last one, there was a lot of changes still happening a week later. More so, I think, than previous updates. And that's a that's a very anecdotal. I did not formally look into this. Anecdotally, I'm saying that. And in the yeah. end, like there, like I turn around, like everyone's ticked off.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I I I mean, I've seen it take like this update. I've seen. Uh, like some evidence that it took two or three weeks to roll out for sure. Like, for I sure. saw change, changes take place on like May 17th, you know, and yeah. the update itself was announced on May 4th.
0: Like, big stuff, um, like, a lot of changes happening.
2: Yeah. But the biggest issue that I had with this update was that, um, number one, sites that I thought were doing a good job and that, like, you know, for the past couple of years, have seen like games each update, and they're clearly investing in like SEO and EAT and all this stuff. Some of them saw declines, which is like, whoa, I like, big decline. Interesting. Um, and then conversely, some sites that I've looked at as like, oh, this is definitely a problem website, definitely like somewhat deceptive, um, or maybe the website hasn't been updated at all in a very long time, which is maybe okay, but like they came out of nowhere and started to rank really well.
0: Like not updated since nineteen ninety
2: six. Literally, I've seen that. Yeah, you
0: showed me In that example. Results. That was amazing.
2: Yeah. Which is like, okay, maybe it's an authoritative publication and this article from nineteen ninety six happens to be super relevant. Like maybe. But really? Like Just <laughs> just, just so the, the audience result? understands.
0: There was literally an image. Like the image, the imagery were like stick figures.
2: Yeah. Literally. Before graphic design existed. That's right. when they wrote that. <laughs> so all
0: the pages. And it was a health site. <laughs>
2: It's like yeah, it's uh, mind-boggling. I, Although, I, like to be fair, it's a it's a, it's an authoritative website. Okay, it's,
0: fine, it's fair, but still, you would think the health has changed over the past
2: twenty
0: <laughs> years.
2: Just food,
0: yeah. a bit, yeah, a bit. Somehow, don't know. But you also had another great example. It was it was that um something to do with um, old age and some organization? I totally forgot the example off the top of my head. Yeah. Like, yeah. What yeah, was what? It's uh, it's
2: called aging.com, I'll just say it. Absolutely, But it's, um you know, it's one of these exact match domain websites where it's like a mystery who the brand is. Right. And in, in this case, um, it actually has a name that sounds very, very similar to an actual organization, like a, you know, 501c3 nonprofit organization that helps elderly people. This exact match domain has a quote unquote like brand name that sounds very similar to that one. But when you look up the brand name, there's, like, no reputation information out there at all. When you look up the nonprofit, it's, like, totally well-known, established, Mm -hmm. tons of information. So it's like, what's going on here? And that exact match domain saw a big increase with this update. And I always thought, like, this this thing's going to get killed off. Because the last few updates have saw a decline.
0: It was very weird. Like, the About page for that website, entirely sketchy. It's a joke. It's a joke. It really is.
2: It's obviously, an SEO bought the exact same domain, and they're using the site for one reason or another. And, like, that's, you know, it's it's stuff like that that bothers me cause it's, like, it just makes us, with our clients, like, how are we supposed to explain that stuff?
0: Yeah. That's tough. That's a hard position. How do you do that?
2: <laughs> oh, i just say it's a long ride, so hopefully <laughs> we see a correction in the future.
0: <sighs> well, look in Google, it's constantly updating, so sooner or later, you'll win. Exactly. I, I I thought that, see, I really didn't expect Google to put in an, an update. Like, so you, I think that there's usually a March update. In March 2018, in March 2019, there was a core update. I think I, they're not going to do the March update that they usually do because of COVID-19. And I didn't expect them to do anything for like a few months. And I'm a little bit surprised they did something in May. And I think they, I, my, me personally, I think they botched it. I think that yeah. they, see, there are a lot of COVID SERPs that, I have sort of stabilized a little bit. Like I, you can see like the rankings are all over the place at a certain point. with you know, It was a bunch of um, unconfirmed updates throughout April. Google sort of figured it out. But even to this date, a lot of the main COVID SERPs, you know, COVID-19 vaccine or all, it's a giant mess. And I, I th- what, do you,
1: what do you mean by
2: mess?
0: I mean, it's like they're still trying to figure it out. Like this site goes up. that It's, it's almost like a news result where, like, each day there's, like, a, a major shifting in the rankings. And it's not like, it's not like okay, the, the topic matter changed so drastically from one day to the next that this site now is up and that site's now down. It doesn't seem to like there's, like, any rhyme or reason that I can see to it.
2: Yeah, that, that's been my biggest issue with this update. Like, the last three or four core updates, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense that this website's been making these types of changes and they're seeing growth and they're seeing declines. But this one, just like what? There's like right. no consistency. There's, um, I was trying to make sense of some patterns that I was seeing, but then I would see other things that completely contradicted that. So it's it's been a really tough one to analyze.
0: Yes, I said. I think I think that they 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 pushed it too soon. Like I think that COVID nineteen changes everything for them. It sort of sends like yeah. a shockwave throughout the system because it reaches so many different things, and it's almost as if their AI needs to say, "Well, are we sure we really understand any of this now?" I'm being a little bit hyperbolic about it, but that's sort of what's happening. And they push out this update when they really haven't figured everything out, or and they're yeah. still trying to figure it out. And it's been a giant disaster, I think.
2: Uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. I was on um, like a webinar with a with Cindy Crum and a couple people last week, and we were talking about the same thing. Where it's like, did they push this out because they were trying to kind of like change the game a little bit because of coronavirus, and because things has changed so much, and like people have different needs now, and but. Um, I actually did a presentation right before the core update about coronavirus and the impact it was having on the search results, and it, Google's algorithms seemed to be mostly like, self-regulating at that point. Like, mm-hmm. There was a lot of um, changes in the search results based on intent, and like for example, like a lot of things that offer online services started to rank really well for keywords that didn't have the word online in them, because the, the search algorithm yeah. picked up on the fact that people needed the thing to be online. So, like, online classes, for example. Um, so, it's interesting that they rolled out the core update because it was, like, it was almost, like, taking care of itself a little bit. A
0: know? little bit. I think at the same time, though, there's a lot that was I, – I, I definitely saw cases of that, for sure. Like, I saw something like – um I forgot the exact keyword. Something It was, like, an attraction keyword, like, things to do in New York or things to do in London. And Google right. was throwing a page in from the New York Times, I think, that had nothing to do with the location but things to do at home during quarantine. Right the think that's brilliant
2: yeah that's that's the thing is like everything became about coronavirus like uh, even if you type like a state name um, in yeah. like late March instead of the stuff that's like visit com or whatever you know it was like how many coronavirus cases yeah. are there in kansas
0: no I don't think people really realize how far it goes like if you think about anything right like, I don't know shipping or cleaning or or things to do or anything with commerce it impacts everything
2: exactly exactly. And it's actually um, been changing the course of what we're doing with our clients, for sure. Like, we had to have some clients where we just, like, completely pause the strategy and said, you need to go into your content right now and update all of it. Because Mm -hmm. if you're ranking number one for a a page about, like, you know, 10 ways to make money in 2020, and, like, I had a client that was like, this is so bad. It was like, you're a teenager. You can, like, bring food or deliver groceries to elderly people. I was like, please don't. (laughs) Please don't put that in 2020. Like, it's not... Not safe.
0: Unless the post is 10 Ways to Kill Grandma." <laughs> so,
2: right. I was like, "Can hey, we just change that one?" That's terrible.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good one. That's a that's the best example thing I've ever heard so far.
2: There's so much like that though. Like if you go through your content, all of it's different. Like if you wrote an article about best stocks to invest in in 2020, and you wrote that in January, it's different now. Right. It's completely different now. So do you
0: think? Okay, so we have the May twenty 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 core update, kind of a mess. Google's gonna. Ha- I mean, assuming that they're they're paying attention, which I assume they are, they they realize also that it's a mess, and they're gonna have to fix something. Question is: Is the yeah. correction gonna be worse than the than the original?
2: Well, well, one thing that was really interesting about this update was: um, Did you see what happened with Pinterest?
0: No. Oh yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's like everywhere.
2: Yeah, so like. Yeah, like Every single international like PLD of Pinterest is surging. was right. The US. It's
0: unbelievable. Wait, we need to describe so, what's happening. So let's say you search for I don't know. God, what's a good keyword? I don't know. Something with the curvy picture.
2: women was the one that I <laughs> curvy women. I, I typed curvy women, and the first like like position two, three, four, and five or whatever were all Pinterest, but they were like four different international versions of Pinterest. Poor
0: Pornhub lost all their rankings. Yeah.
2: Did they actually? No, I'm,
0: I'm joking that for that keyword.
2: No. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, Pinterest is like replacing so many different queries. It's like, oh, I guess you wanted pictures, but I guess you wanted pictures from four different versions of Pinterest. Of course.
0: I want to see Caribbean women from France, <laughs> Canada, <laughs> Norway.
2: Caribbean <laughs> women from Norway. Good luck with that. <laughs> right.
0: Probably few <laughs> and far between. Yeah, not that many. But... Right. Um. Yeah, that's a mess. I mean, like, I, they're going to have to fix that. Like, that's a that, that's a mess. But they, in fixing it, you, you run the risk of overcompensating.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. My point about that was that Danny Sullivan confirmed, like, oh, yeah, we have a mistake on our hands. We have to fix the Pinterest thing. They and have a like, okay, lot well
0: then, of mistakes. <laughs> yeah.
2: How do you fix one domain, like, or a set of domains? I don't like, what know. What does that look
0: like? I have no idea. Like, there's going to have to be something. Like, there's, there's some kind of input that went arise somewhere. And that's a big problem. Because how do you know what it is? They probably don't know what it is.
2: Yeah, I had visions. I, I You see my presentations. I have a lot of, like, memes and stuff. Okay. I had visions of, like, a, a new slide for a future presentation which was a room with, like, a million levers in it. And then Danny Sullivan, like, frantically <laughs> trying to figure out which one to switch. <laughs> it's
0: like I was just talking to Dr. Pete about this. It's like that episode from The Simpsons. Which I'm totally updating myself with The Simpsons. Where, like, Homer saves a nuclear power plant by pushing, like, a random sequence of buttons that he cannot replicate again.
2: <laughs> totally. Right? That's totally Google algorithm.
0: Oh, such a mess. And it's gonna. I think it's going to be a mess. I think they're going to run another core update, personal prediction. I'm a giant cynic, I know. And it's yeah. just going to be worse than before. <laughs>
2: well, hopefully it's worse in a way that benefits my
0: clients. There you go, which is better. Um, yeah, that would be nice. With that, when you're looking at a core update, and let's say Google runs out another quarter update, and hopefully it's better. It'll come again soon, probably in the fall. What do you What do you look at? Like, where do you start? How do you analyze it? What's your approach?
2: Yeah, so um, I work with Citrix on this. So Citrix is one of the many S-year tools. But one nice feature about it is that it, it collects like visibility at any point in time, any day of the year.
0: Oh, you can um, right, I've seen and- this.
2: Yeah, so uh, I have, like, a sheet that I use to just, like, plug in any domain instead of domains, and I can see their visibility on the day an update was rolled out, and then compared to, you know, a week later or a month later. And that gives me a good idea of, like, like for example, with this update, I had um 550 domains that I ran through it, and I published um, an article about that. And I, I try to stick to, like, you know, obviously I can't analyze every site ever. Right. Um, the Google sheet was great. <laughs> But uh, you start to see patterns after a while, so I try to throw in, like, a variety of different categories.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That that article, by the way, was very interesting, the 550 URLs that you studied.
2: Cool.
0: Because I, I'm generally not a big winners and losers list person. Because I don't right. really understand what you get out of them. Like, you know, you get, like, here's the top 10 sites that won, top 10 sites that lost. Are these really the top 10 sites of the whole internet that won and lost? Probably not.
2: Of course not. But, and and it's, it's true. Like You have to look at the page level, too, of
0: course. Right. Oh, yeah. And people get all upset about it. Oh, it's page level. Oh, all right. It's true, and it's not true, by the way. It is page level, and it's also not page level because there's a lot of right. domain analysis that Google's doing. Um, But the 550 URLs or sites, that's really interesting because there you can sort of pick out patterns.
2: That's the idea. And the ones that I selected are like the ones that I've seen the most fluctuations in the last couple of years and also just like big players like the news category for yeah. example this this last update really impacted a lot of news sites um, that makes a lot of sense finite, finite theoretically sites. yeah theoretically except for like if you look at who they are there's no patterns <laughs> <laughs> you know like, that, I, that's I don't know the maybe I have to dig deeper but,
0: it's, it's yeah. really hard I, I don't think people realize how hard it is to find a pattern with for, in any update It's ridiculously hard. I mean, sometimes you find, you you dive in, and nothing's there. Sometimes you dive in, oh, right here. Here it is.
2: I thought the medic update was pretty clear. Yeah. Um, Not, like, across the board, but that's actually when I started talking about EAP so much because I had a client that was completely lacking EAP and ranking, like, number one through five for every medical keyword before the medic update. Right. And we had so much traffic. And um, we were just, like, auto-generating content. Like, it was totally fun content. And we were ranking amazingly. And then the medic update happened and we lost everything. I guess who won? Healthline. Healthline. Mayo Clinic. Medical News Today. Like, all the sites. It was like, oh, they have real doctors writing the content. (laughs) That's different. (laughs) You know? Right.
0: Besides, I know that's like a very popular and a very good idea. Like, if you're gonna, either you are an expert when you're writing it, or you have it expertly reviewed. Um, particularly pertinent for medical um, right. pages. But beyond beyond looking at author bios or having your content reviewed or links, what are you looking at? Or what do you do? How do you profile? Say, like, all right, there's an authority problem here. There's a trustworthy problem here.
2: Yeah, um, actually, like. What, what my team and I are doing now, which is extremely labor-intensive, is um, we, we've we taken the questions from Google's document about analyzing core updates. They have like a lot of different questions that they recommend using to analyze the quality of the content. And we literally just go through some of the best performing or previously best performing pieces of content and we ask ourselves those questions. And we have it in a tool now that we use where we say, you know, is this the best piece of Content on this topic, yes or no? Or, like, to what extent does it answer the user's question? And if you actually go through that process, you'll notice, um, for many sites that, you know, we work on at least, there's a lot of fluff in these articles. Or, like, maybe you made a statement about something that's medical in nature and you didn't back up your claim with any evidence. So, almost like analyzing something the way you would if you were, like, in high school and reviewing a term paper, you kind of have to do that for your content.
0: It's very true. It's one of the things. Forget May's update or in general. Overall, I've found that the updates, in general, so no one like freak out like your site got hit and you do this and then whatever. But has got rid of a lot of fluff from the SERP. Yeah. Like Doc, my favorite site is Doctor Axe. Who I love that site because. It's Drake's, but it's really Doctor Axe, but you can't put a period in the URL, so it becomes Drake. Like it's very confusing. That's so funny.
2: It's I always so think what I said. It
0: right? Is. It's like, dude, did you not realize if you do Doctor Axe, but you do it in the it just Drake's. becomes Drake's.
2: <laughs> I totally read it as Drake's. For the first yeah, me too. Of so. For like
0: Drake's, who the hell is Drake's? I'm like, oh, Doctor Axe, dummy. So funny. He didn't really
2: have a choice. It's not like this capitalization. But...
0: That's true. Or he could have just done Doctor, like spelled That's out the true. word Doctor. But that's long. But yeah, like a lot of these sites where there might be some good content mixed in, but it's really, there's a lot of, um, a lot of verbal fluffage. For
2: sure. I think that's that's one thing that we're working on with our clients. Like this sentence is unnecessary and it's actually a really your money, your life Mm. page. And you have like, I don't know who wrote it, but that person added like an unnecessary intro that doesn't answer the question that the page is trying to answer. So just take it all out.
0: Yeah. I, I almost think it's like almost – you're seeing the beginning of the end of the age of the marketing writer within a bunch of Totally. Like you can't totally. do that. You have to have someone knows the hell they're talking about writing your content. What the hell are you thinking? I totally agree with that. Too bad. It's not, not going to change. But, but it's great advantage because I don't think sites are going to change. Like, I'm not going to hire a real expert. I Well, you, Bob, you know how to write. You're a good writer, so write something. <laughs> Bob.
2: Yeah, it's like fundamentally changed the content production process for many of our clients. Yeah, so which doesn't get discussed enough?
0: Like the content okay. end, the content end of this problem doesn't get. We always talk about EAT in terms of the SEO context and blah 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 blah. But in terms of right. the actual writing process, it's a whole it's a whole different ball game.
2: That's what I think it's the job of an SEO at this point to understand that stuff because like we're so used to it. it's so funny because like sometimes. Um, when I look at a website, I just like look at the skeleton right away. Do you have that problem? Like, I don't know how technical you are.
0: Um, yeah, but
2: like, yeah, where it's like, okay, I'm looking at the you know canonical tags, I'm looking at the website structure, I'm looking at you know uh, running at the screaming frog and looking at anything that I can see there, but I'm not like reading the page. Right,
0: right, it's, that's <laughs> a problem. Right, that's a total problem.
2: Yeah, so I think that we have. It's really important to be able to do both, or at least if you have an SEO team or whatever, you have people that are good
0: at both things yeah Oh, no, it's it's it's, it's amazing what you see like okay i found like when you're looking at some of the updates all right i'll look at the update i don't really see anything here then you actually look at the pages i like actually read the pages yeah. like oh yeah. i get that now that's why exactly. this happened yeah 100 percent. Totally. so with that and by the way if you if you don't follow lily you're ridiculous because she puts out <laughs> so much good content around this stuff so definitely follow uh, her, keep track of her, and you're you're freaking everywhere. T- By the way, thank you for doing all that stuff because that can't be easy and working at the same time.
2: Well, thank you. Fortunately, my job supports me being everywhere. So good that's, for them. That's great. Thank
0: you. That's Pat. really smart. Yeah. So with that though, before I let you leave, I have this fun little game that I do. Um, I call it optimize it or disavow it. It's where I'll give you two really good options, and you're stuck choosing one good option over another good option, which is uncomfortable. Or I give you two really, really bad options. You're stuck choosing one bad option over another bad option, and that just sucks. So this is the Lily Ray version of optimize it or disavow it. So it's a zero-sum world. You could say it depends. That's sort of a cop-out. But assuming it's zero-sum, if you had to do one or the other, Right When looking at a core update, would you look at things thematically? Would you perform a thematic analysis, a holistic analysis, start reading the page content like you said a few minutes ago? Or would you perform a technical analysis?
2: Thematic. Right now, for sure. Why? Um, I mean, obviously, technical technical SEO obviously plays a role. um, But I think that it's more important what you're saying on the page these days.
0: More important than, like, page speed?
2: Yes. (laughs) Okay. I had to ask a stupid (laughs) question.
0: Yes. unequivocally yes.
2: So, like, if you can't, if the page can't be crawled, you have a problem. Right. Okay. Like, that's a problem. But, like, I mean, assuming you don't have something super problematic, like, you have, like, a broken canonical or you're blocking something with robots you need to be able to access. Like, things that are, like, severely technical problems. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that's a problem, but um, you know, if you—I uh, don't know—if you're, i don't give an example of minor technical issues, like maybe not using SSL. I've seen sites ranking number one that are not right. using SSL right, right. now for huge keywords. Yeah, cool. So.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I, I I personally totally agree with you. So that makes that's it good. that makes okay. it if, you, if that makes it feel any better at home. Listening. <laughs> that's
2: why I'm, that's why I'm on your podcast. Right,
0: right. No, that is we both agree about a lot of this stuff. I should, yeah, we should like really it. have like a, like a, another person on who doesn't agree and then beat them up. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That'd be great.
2: <laughs> two <And> against
0: one. <laughs> two, right. I'll get a ladder. You get a folding chair. It'll be like a cage match. <laughs> nice. All right, Lily, thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome. And Thanks keep doing that me. voodoo that you do.
2: Awesome.
0: Thanks for having me. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. I should probably say ah. something now.
1: <laughs> we're back
0: we're back <laughs> from that
1: tell tell them what we're gonna do now more
0: um i'm gonna plug lily ray um you should check her out on twitter or mm-hmm. I, she might stream this other places she does like you know saturday night sunday whatever it is i don't know what day it is i don't know what day it is. Don't know what it is right now um he's like live you can tune in and watch her dj that's pretty cool so definitely check that out and follow her on twitter if you're not already and now we're gonna do the news now that we said that <laughs> Right. It's time for the news. So, Sapir, could you please hit it with the news?
1: Some interesting announcements around smart shopping campaigns. US campaigns can now show shipping annotations. And more visual formats will be coming at some point.
0: Awesome. The shipping thing makes a lot of sense. That's definitely helpful.
1: Okay, moving on. Phew. Google is now telling Google My Business account managers when list, when their listings are suspended. That's
0: amazing, right? Like, like, f- hey, I don't it's like, you know, I, you would kinda of think that like that should be like an automatic thing from like, you know, time immemorial. Like, hey, you've just been suspended, here's a notification about it, but no. But hey, at least it's happening now.
1: Right. Right. Better late than never. But, if,
0: understatement, yeah.
1: <laughs> Moving on. Google is showing less results with FAQ markup, well, actually with any markup. Rich results, according to our SERP feature tracker, are down about 25% on desktop and 15% on mobile.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love how you say mobile. I always like that. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how like, okay. Sure. So that's like been like some hot news. Okay, and our, You can check out the data on our SERP feature tracker. We'll, we'll uh, throw that into the show notes. Whenever these things happen, you should just be you know check it again a week later because it's very often like Google will change course again. So just because you know your FAQ markup is down and out now doesn't mean that it always will be, and even in the short term. So definitely keep checking. I'm not trying to like tell you to go to our page and just use our tool. I literally mean like this: these things don't always last very long. So keep on top Mm -hmm. of it and check it out. Right. I'm not trying to be spammy.
1: Lastly. Lastly, Mordi, this is the last one, lastly.
0: Okay, now, I I should pay attention that you say that.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Google has updated its help doc on Discover. A few key, key points. Google looks at the overall EAT of the site when choosing articles. Second point, titles that summarize but don't manipulate do well in Discover. And third and last point, high-quality images without your site's logo in, in them will also help.
0: Right. So all that's right. all good stuff. I will talk about the EAT element of this in a deep thought. Part of the bonus cover to the InSearch SEO podcast. So look for that on Ooh. our Twitter page, which I forgot all to right. plug before. Forgot to plug that <laughs> nuts. Check out our I'm Twitter page at at, at at in search underscore SEO. Sign up for our newsletter. Okay, thank you for the news okay. up here. Really appreciated that. You did a great job as usual. Um, <laughs> okay. I can't say enough good things about you.
1: So I won't say anything. Wow, that's a first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that leaves us with our fun SEO send off question. So, Sapir, you had two suggestions, which we previously did. Both of those, did we? Yes, we did. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. It's hard to remember. I think we've, I think we've actually done a, a repeat on this show, and no one caught it. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. I didn't catch it. You didn't catch it. No big deal. Worked right. out well, okay. But um, I, I came up with one. I came up with one. Um,
1: that's why it's a lazy question.
0: No, I, it was a good question. I think it's a, qu- a good question. It's what kind of shoes. Does Google Wear.
1: Yeah, lousy question. Lousy question,
0: wow. Can you well, feel y- the
1: love? <laughs> okay, let me answer your lousy question, okay? With a lousy answer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'll just say, say uh, heels.
0: Heels. Okay. <laughs> heels, yeah. Why? Like what kind of heels like stilettos?
1: Because... <laughs> Just, I don't know Does
0: sandals heels. with heels. Sandals with heels, A spe- very I think specific.
1: Google would like to show those legs. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I'm not really sure how to take that. But
0: um, I'll, good answer. I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, for those of you who remember the early '90s, on um, those the pumps with the, the light up in the back. Because Google thinks that they're cool, but they're not really so cool, which is fine. I'm not saying Google should be cool, but you were saying, you know, but, the then, a-
1: but then Crocs would have been a better answer.
0: Yeah, because again, you don't. I said early '90s. I know I lost you. I know I lost no, you. No,
1: I know those The pumps, those
0: shoes. the light up. I know those shoes because all those the cool kids, kids or all the people who thought they were cool had them, but they weren't really cool. I never thought they were cool. Maybe I'm not cool. I'm definitely not cool.
1: You're not cool. Yeah, but they you
0: weren't cool back then either. Like you were saying, you know, Google, you know, for their for their products like I don't know, like the um the phone, right? Or or, or the computer. They have these like awesome, really cool commercials they are so cool. But they're not cool. Come on. It's Google. Which is fine. You don't what have do you to be cool. cool? Uh um, what, what do you consider Bob Dylan cool? is cool, Jim Morrison is cool. Okay. People you don't never heard of so. are cool. And that'll do it for this version, this edition of the In Search SEO podcast. Check it out again next Tuesday for an all new episode of the In Search SEO podcast where Mark Beelan will be joining us. So check that out. It's been in search because we're all in search of something. something. Thank you so much and toodle, toodle, loo.